Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. And today, it really will be a few minutes, so some of you will be happy about that. I am your host, Jeff Harmon, and I want to thank everyone who's given a show and review in iTunes. It really helps. And for joining the Facebook group. we got a really good community going out there. I'm really excited about all the people that have joined there and the conversations we're having at facebook.com slash groups slash photo taco. It's a, a thriving community where we're all helping each other to improve. It's really, really good. I love it. Now, let's uh, jump right into our topic today. And uh, to do that, I'm going to answer a question from Joseph Baker, who asked this on Facebook. He said, can you explain exactly what exposure compensation is changing? Is this only used in one of the auto modes? I shoot in manual and adjust my ISO aperture and shutter speed to lighten or darken the photo. Is there a benefit using exposure compensation? I'm assuming it's just changing the ISO, but I've not found an answer that explains it well. Thanks. And Joseph, thanks for asking the question. I really appreciate it. It's great to have the topics of the show kind of come up from questions that people are dealing with. And I, I love the getting kind of that direction. It makes me feel like I'm helping people. And that's what I want to do. So let's talk about about this question. The uh, the goal of metering. Let's let's go through that briefly. Now, I've, I've already done a photo taco on metering modes. So if you haven't found that yet, just Google search photo taco metering modes, photo taco one word, and, uh, and you'll find the episode. And I go into a lot more detail about what the different metering modes are and what they're doing. But remember that overall, the goal goal of the meter inside of your camera is to get to give you an idea of what the perfect exposure is for the the photo you're taking and it has a whole lot it's doing to get there to try to decide what's going to do but what it has to kind of figure out is it certainly can't have all black if the the photo's too dark that's bad right and it can't be too bright it can't have too much bright in the photo so it has to land in the middle somehow. It has to drive you towards something in the middle there. And where the middle exactly going to be? Well, a, a gray of some kind, right? It's got to be gray. That's the mix of black and white is gray. And then the you know, smart people have looked at this problem and figured out that with the electronics and the way that this functions, the way the light meter works and how most photo scenes are made up of, the vast majority will be properly exposed if that light meter steers you towards an exposure of 18% gray. And you've probably heard that before, 18% gray, and wondered what is so darn magical about 18% gray? This seems kind of weird and arbitrary, and it's not. There's actual math behind why they picked that. There's been a lot of analysis done on this. Of course, they've thought about this a lot. It's been in cameras for a long time now. They've solved this problem. And they know that if it's 18% gray that that light meter is trying to get you to, that you have a really, really good chance of having a good exposure. Or at least an exposure good enough that if you're shooting even JPEG, you can kind of fix it in post if it's off just a bit. If it's not quite exactly what you were hoping for. But... That doesn't mean it is foolproof. That doesn't mean it's going to get it right every single time and with every single type of photo scene that you might be trying to take a picture of. And so that's where exposure compensation comes into play. 
So let's use a couple of extreme examples to illustrate the point. Uh, a black cat on a black background. And let's say there's plenty of lighting. It's not even dark outside. You just have a black cat on a black background. Maybe, let's even say it's in a studio, so you have full control over the light. And you've got perfect lighting set up. It's beautiful, beautiful, even, nice lighting. And you controlled that situation so that it's great. Your light meter is still going to 100% fail you. <laughs> it will be wrong. It'll be dead wrong. Because there's a lot of black color in the scene. That doesn't have to do as much with how much light there is. It's the fact that the colors are black. But because your light meter is measuring the light based on how much comes back to it, how much is being reflected, because all that black is there, it's going to mistake the black color for underexposure. It's going to think your scene is too dark because it is not close to 18% gray. And so therefore, it is going to encourage you by saying that the, the light meter is going to show it as being underexposed to raise your exposure until it gets to 18% gray. And that black cat now became a gray cat. That black background became a gray background. And it's just the whole, it's, it's overwhelmed by so much black in the scene that made it misinterpret the lighting of the scene and it failed you. It lied to you saying that scene is underexposed even though there's a lot of light. And and you, uh, if you manually kind of expose it, if you use the histogram to expose it, you would arrive at a much better place. The light meter just has no chance. It will fail you. Same thing with the other extreme, say a, a polar bear in a snowfield. Same problem. It's going to see white and mistake it for too much light and overexposure. And it's going to, the light meter is going to tell you, whoa, you got to lower the exposure. You got to darken this scene down because that thing is too bright. And now your nice white snow and your nice white polar bear just became gray. <laughs> That's what the light meter would steer you to. So exposure compensation is a way for you to kind of override what your camera does with that information. And no, in, in manual mode, it almost doesn't matter. There's one exception, and that's if you turn on auto ISO. So even if you shoot manual and you're going to fully control shutter speed and aperture, if you elect to allow the camera to decide what the ISO should be, you're still in kind of a semi-auto mode. And the only way the camera can decide what the ISO settings should be is by consulting that light meter. It's going to say, hey, Mr. Light Meter, tell me what I should do to get to 18% gray on this scene, and I will adjust the ISO accordingly because the photographer told me I can't change anything else. I have to leave this, the aperture and the shutter speed the way it is. I can only change the ISO, and they will consult with it, and in some cases, some extreme cases, the light meter is going to lie to it, and it's going to inappropriately change the, the exposure to the wrong settings because of too much black or too much white in the scene. So exposure compensation, you can actually inter interject there, and you can say, okay, camera, you, I want you to set the ISO, but I know the light meter is going to lie to you. So whatever the light meter says, I want you to either add or subtract to the exposure that it says you should go to by a certain amount. And that's exactly what exposure compensation is. 
if it was that white scene, that horribly, horribly white scene, then you're going to want to say, I want you to add to the exposure or really kind of say, don't worry about being overexposed by so much. And that it's hard. It was really difficult for me to understand which direction I should use exposure compensation at first, because it seems a little bit counterintuitive to me. I wanted to dial it negative in order to adjust for the scene being too bright, saying, go and make, bring down the exposure, bring down the recommendation. And, but what, I don't know, I guess I'm not explaining that too well. As I said, it doesn't sound, sound like a logical thought anymore, but, but you want to dial a positive exposure compensation for a scene that's too white or maybe a scene where you're okay in having a big piece of the bright elements be blown out. A uh, portrait, for example, if you got the people in front of you and the sun behind them, you are okay with the background, the sky, or the scene behind the people blowing out if, if you didn't get a good exposure on the people. You'd want to dial in a positive exposure compensation. And in opposite, if you want to keep the blacks black, if you want to say it's okay to have the, the shot be underexposed, you dial in a negative exposure compensation. So I don't know, I guess in my head <laughs> that seemed opposite of how it should be. Maybe this makes total sense to you, but hopefully I explained it well enough so you can kind of understand what that means. Now, your, your question was, can it do more than ISO? I gave the example, if you're in manual mode, but you use auto ISO, then it does use ISO to change that setting. The other places though, will be any other place where your camera is automatically setting anything in the exposure triangle for you. If the camera is automatically setting aperture because you're in shutter priority mode and you've told the camera, you don't get to change the shutter speed. You can only change the aperture. And if it can't change the aperture more than enough, it will also change the ISO if you're in auto ISO. Or uh, vice versa in aperture priority mode, then it will change the shutter speed and then ISO if you're also in auto ISO. So it's not just ISO that it will change. If you're in those semi-auto modes, it will change those things. And if you're in full auto, of course, it will change all of them, whatever it wants to do to try to get the shot. And that's where you, you really lose a lot of control because the camera's gonna do whatever it wants to do and might be even a little unpredictable about how it's gonna be. And you can give it some suggestions with the full auto modes of like, the running man action guy, um, meaning that it's gonna really want to get a, a higher shutter speed versus maybe the flower or mountain scene or whatever the the landscape kind of setting would be in auto modes. This isn't a podcast about that though. This is all about exposure compensation and I hope you kind of get now when you would use it if, the, if you are in a more extreme shooting situation and you want to kind of override a bit what the light meter is gonna be used for in the camera and tell the camera to compensate a little bit on what the light meter is saying. Now, to be honest, it's a feature I never use. <laughs> I never dial in exposure compensation. Uh, maybe it's how I shoot, maybe it's the metering modes I use, maybe it's how I think. I don't personally find it a feature that I'm reaching for. Uh, I, I get, I understand fully how to use it. I have used it a little bit, but I just, I don't reach for it almost at all when I'm shooting photos. Now, maybe it's because I shoot in spot metering mode, and so then I, I take my metering myself off of something in the scene that I know what it's gonna be. And, and I may even meter something knowing 
that the light meter, how the light meter is going to react to it. And I manually adjust my thoughts accordingly. I, I consult the light meter, but only as a consultant. I, I take its opinion about where the exposure should be. But then I adjust with my own experience and thoughts on what I'm trying to do. And then I, I probably will even just, if I'm not actually very sure, I'll take a picture and then I'll look at the histogram. And that really tells you a lot better story about the exposure than the light meter does. So the histograms, if you haven't don't know a lot about histograms, you need to go check out the photo taco on that as well. Have a, a, big, a good explanation about histograms. So there it is. That's what exposure compensation is and does. Um, if you shoot automatic modes much at all, you want to become familiar with exposure compensation. And you're probably going to want to make sure you know how to get to it in your camera. Some of them bury that particular feature, especially the more entry-level DSLRs. That's going to be a feature that might be kind of hard to get to. You have to go through menus to get there. Um, if that is the case, hopefully you have the ability to set up a custom menu and you can make it so that it's like really fast to get through the custom menu to arrive at that exposure compensation setting. But if you use auto and you want to stay using auto, then that might be something to, to learn how to use next. Go out and do some shoots and kind of figure out how that works so that you can uh, use that auto mode. And you now know, based on the, the podcast here, dark darks, bright whites, you need to uh, use exposure compensation to make it so that the light meter doesn't cause your camera to do bad things with the exposure. All right, that's it for the episode. Make sure you check out the other um, podcasts in the network, in the Improved Photography Network. There's Portrait Sessions, Improved Photography, Tripod. They're all wonderful podcasts. I listen to them myself every week, and, and I really love them. The hosts are great. They have lots of really helpful information out there. Also, ImprovedPhotography.com. Yeah, we wouldn't be anywhere without that, and you need to go check out the site. There is a brand new article every day of the week, at least the work week, uh, out there on improvephotography.com. Tons of beginner hip tips, tons of advanced tips, lots of topics, lots of things to learn. It's, it's really a great way to do it. And we've even started something new where there's more than just the articles coming. If you really want to improve your photography and if you want access, more access to the hosts of all of our podcasts to get some more individualized help, then you should consider the Improve Photography Plus subscription, which you can get at improvephotographyplus.com. Or uh, even beyond that, Jim has opened up a mentoring uh, option. I believe all of his seats are filled, but we are going to add uh, other hosts are going to take on mentors as well. They're going to mentor other people. Sorry. They're not taking on mentors. They're mentoring other people. And there's very limited seating available because the, everyone who pays for the mentoring subscription also gets uh, completely individualized. You'll get the phone number of the host. You can call them and ask questions and get help on things, have them do portfolio reviews whenever you like, that that sort of a thing. Um, they, have, they will be spending... I think it's up to an hour a day with just you if you go pay for that subscription. Uh, something to certainly think about and check out, but there's plenty of free resources over at improvephotography.com as well. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!